0: at mikecrock.com forward slash book that's mike c-r-o-c.com forward slash book go get yourself a copy and subscribe to the what are you made of podcast on itunes spotify or your favorite podcast platform if you like watching these it's available on youtube at my channel mike c-rock Scirocco. now enjoy the show Welcome back to another episode of What Are You Made Of? with your boy, the unstoppable Mike Rock, and I have another unstoppable person in the house. Wait till you meet her. But before we do that, you can be unstoppable too. All you got to do is go get the Rocket Fuel book, Convert Setbacks, Become Unstoppable, where I share how I've developed this concept of turning setbacks into rocket fuel for your future. So go get that book, mikecrock.com forward slash book, mikecrock.com forward slash book, a little shameless self-promotion, And today I have my friend, the amazing Olympic gold medalist, (laughs) Diane Dixon in the house. She is a retired Olympic track and field athlete who has made the United States National World Championship Pan American Goodwill Games and Olympic teams from 1983 to 1992. Known to her contemporaries as the indoor queen because she couldn't run outside, I guess, because (laughs) that's, hold on, hold on, when we race, when we race, I'm going to race you on an outdoor track (laughs) and you got to, you got to wear boots and I, I can wear whatever I want. Uh okay. anyway, but no, I got I have Miss Dixon in the house. Listen, she is a phenomenal person but also a phenomenal athlete. She knows what it takes to be a champion and I brought her on the What Are You Made Of show to find out what she's made of. So, Diane, first of all, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. And the question we always start every
0: show with is what are you made of?
1: I'm made of resilience. I'm made of determination. I'm made of focus. I'm made of determination. And i made of a champion. I became a champion at a very early age when I decided I wanted to compete in track and field. Now, the late Fred Thompson was the um, founder of the Colgate Women's Games. And um, I wanted to run track and field. So I was watching an event on TV and I saw the event. I went down to the Colgate Women's Games, a prestigious event for women. And um, when I walked into the into, uh, Pratt Institute, I said, um, I wanted to know who was the, um, the coach, who was the like, you know, the, the, top, the top coach. They told me Fred Thompson. He had a eyes shirt on, collar up. He had on Gucci loafers, no sneakers, no no socks, and a Gucci belt. So I walked up to him and I said, um, I want to join your team. I was about 13. Wait, wait, he says, um, excuse wait, wait, me, who are you? What
0: did you think of him when you first saw him, though? What was your first impression?
1: I wanted to join his team. Regardless. And I told him, I want to join the team. He was like, well, I have 200 kids already. And I said, yeah, but you don't have me.
0: <laughs> All right. So I got to break this down for a before you go further. Where was this, by the way?
1: That was at Pratt Institute at the Colgate Women's Games. I followed where, them outdoors. Where, what, where, what town is that, though? What town is it? In
0: Brooklyn. Oh, in Brooklyn. Okay. In and Brooklyn. so you were
1: 13. I was 13. I followed them outdoors. And at that time, you had to figure out where they were going to be competing. So it was the Adams Track Club. I followed them the whole time. And once I found out where they was training, I decided to drive um, from my home in Crown Heights to um, Bedside, and I traveled there, yeah. and I just jumped. I jumped into a workout, and yeah. um, he was like, who are you? I said, I'm Zion Dixon. and I told you, I want to run track. At that point, he said, you know what? You're going to be an, an Olympic champion, and he coached my personality, More than who I was, because I was always very outgoing, and um, I became an Olympic champion. You know, at the age of twenty, I went to Brooklyn Tech. When I graduated high school, I had over two hundred scholarships. I took three of my teammates with me. He always saw my personality. I was always like very, very out there, you know. So, and that's what he told was my personality, and that was what made me. Who I was to an Olympic champion.
0: So, what happened when we're up leading up to thirteen? Did to, to have you walk in that little walk where you said you don't have me? <laughs> where, where, like, yeah, no, I said you up. don't like, have
1: me. But what yeah. I did was I followed him. I followed the Adams Track Club. It was little Adams, the big Adams. I followed them, and I found out they trained in my neighborhood. And so, from my Crown Heights neighborhood, I would jog to where they trained, and eventually, I just climbed into, a, they had an open fence. I climbed to the fence and I just started, I went into one of his, his heats, one of his um groups. He was like, who are you? I said, I'm dying to this. I told you I want to run track. And then um, he was like, okay, let me see what I can do with you. And then that became history between me and the late Fred Thompson.
0: And so growing up in New York prior to that though, like what, what was it like for you growing up in New York? the city and it was i mean my mom
1: we was we was always middle class i always got into trouble um i can recall when i was six years old i used to give names which i still do to all my teachers i had a teacher named miss rat and i call her miss rat and at (laughs) six years old i went up to her and i was like ask me what i learned today excuse me ask me what i learned today she said well diane what did you learn today i said nothing you've taught me nothing zero so i got a letter home then in middle school, I had a teacher called Ms. Cavici, and I called her Snowflake because she had dandruff. And she would call my house, and I would pretend to be my mom. And then I had Mr. Dubison, my math teacher, and I called him CH, not for clubhouse, for chronic halitosis. And I was like, you know what? Your breath smells so bad I can't <laughs> concentrate. So what my mom would do was take all these letters and put on the back of my door. So when someone came to my home they would see every letter from all my teachers. And then I got tired of being Dennis the Menace. I was like, you know what? I'm so tired of being so, you know, Dennis the Menace that I wanted to do something much more productive. And I'm a Libra. And then when I started competing in track and field, my life changed.
0: And then you redirected all that energy into becoming a champion.
1: I redirected it. And uh, my mom came to all my track meets. I was winning. I'm like, I was the first American woman to win a World Indoor Championships in 1991. I ran 50.64, and I got had the record for about uh, 20 years. The USA Track and Field Indoor Championships, I ran from 1986 to 96, I want to say. I won the most indoor national championships in the 400 meters in any male or female event. And I was a 400-meter runner, so they called me the indoor queen. That's so one, I was one time, always one time around the track, right? Yeah, that's Well, indoors, it was two laps, two laps around okay. the track. Okay. So I was called the indoor queen. And then I, when I went outdoors in 1988, I won the Olympic trials, and I ran on the relay with the late Flojo, Tony Howard, and Valerie Briscoe. We broke the American record, although we got second. The Russians beat us. We still have the American record outdoors today, 32 years later. Damn.
0: <laughs> that's that's exactly. impressive. Especially with all the technology now and, and the, the knowledge of uh, dietary supplements and the workout, everything that's different now that you guys still have that. That's amazing. And so what went into, you know, when you were training back in the day, besides your workouts, what went into like diet and what did you really focus on or have pay attention to during all that? Was there a lot of that going on? Like protein. No, you
1: know, nowadays <laughs> athletes have um, they have mental, um, I guess, they have psychologists, mental people. Sport, like sports psychologists? Sports or psychologists. psychologists. Yeah. You know, when I was in competition, we didn't have a sports psychologist. My coach was my sports psychologist. He told me what I had to do, and I did it, you know. And so as far as my mental was concerned, when I retired and I wrote a blog called When a Chairing Stops, and then I made a million dollars. And I talked about how when athletes decide to um, retire, it's really tough, you know, because you don't know what direction you want to take. And nowadays, a lot of athletes have their mental coaches. They become entrepreneurs because they know that when the cheering stops, when they have to retire, they have to go to other businesses. Now, when I was in competition, you know, We didn't know about going into other businesses. It It was like, you know what? You retire and that was it. But I wish I had known prior when I retired, you know, to start a company, to start a business. I didn't know. It was until years later when I became an entrepreneur.
0: So during your competition and all those days, did you make any money doing anything during those days?
1: Absolutely, I did. where, Where did you get money from? Well, the Nike contract. And then, when you competed in races, you would get a, a parents fee and a performance fee. Now, granted, indoors, which I found out later, I won 10 indoor national championships from, like I said, from 1986 to '96. They would pay other athletes to beat me, which they never did. And I didn't know that until <laughs> later yeah. that they had an incentive bonus for other athletes to beat me, and I found out later. But I was Indoor Queen for 10 years indoors, and um, I got paid for appearance fees. You get paid for bonuses depending on if you took first, second, or third. If you made a national team, a world championship team, a Pan-American team, an Olympic team, you got paid extra money. And then your sponsor, I had Nike who sponsored me forever. They will also pay you money per month.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. And then, so while you were going, like, I know some people are faster than others, no matter what. Right. But how much does the technique play in it or your mental in racing?
1: Well, I think mentally it's about 85% mental and 15% physical because you have to, like my coach told me, if he told me I can walk on water, I would. So mentally you have to always be prepared to go into a race. I wanted to take a quick
0: break here to remind you that my book, Rocket Fuel, is available for sale now at mikecrock.com forward slash book. That's mikecrock.com forward slash book. Go get a copy and share it with your friends and family. It will
1: change lives, guys. I will not let you down. Now back to the show. You know, you have to be mentally fit to know your competitors. My coach always had me study my competitors and that's what made me who I was today. Physically, I was always in shape. I go into practice, I do what I had to do, but mentally, I had to definitely be in shape in order to have the outcome to make the national team, world champion team, the Olympic team. So he always taught me that um, you have to have a strong mindset in order to be the greatest of the greatest. And what was your second question? Oh,
0: how much of it is physical, mental? That was it because everybody's fast at that level, right? So
1: No, not necessarily. Everybody's not fast. You have to have a yeah. couple of talent. Yeah, yeah. Um, in the Olympic year, like Tokyo 2021 this year. In Tokyo in 2020, we would know who would make the team. Unfortunately, because of the pandemic, they're going to go back to 2019 to see who are the favorites. Now, the Olympics that are coming up, the Olympic trials, I'm not so sure they're going to do a good job at doing six feet, you know, distances. So we have to see. But in any event, world championship, national championship or Olympic championship, the year prior, based upon what the athlete has competed in, we all knew who was going to make the teams.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, what, what challenges did you deal with with training and preparing and competition? Like challenges, meaning like what was the hardest thing for you and what didn't you like to do?
1: So my challenges were, I'm from New York City, and it's very cold. So because I was the indoor queen, we trained from November until, I want to say, March indoors. And other athletes that trained outdoors had a better advantage for me. That's why outdoors, I was just like, okay. But indoors, I was the queen of the indoor boards because I trained Primarily more indoors, where the facilities was much more advantageous to me because New York City is so cold. Mm -hmm. And um, I have the Diane Ditching Track Club right now. And uh, one young lady, a senior, she has about three scholarship offers. We've been training indoors, but we have to go outdoors so she can exactly prove herself to get extra money for a scholarship. But growing up, like I said, I had 200 scholarship offers. I took three of my teammates with me to Ohio State. Nowadays. Um, oh, I didn't know you were a Buckeye. I'm a Buckeye, Boobo. Yes, yeah. I am. My, they got my college football they, team. They have my photo in, in the arena. But um, nowadays, because of COVID, it's really tough to judge the performance of athletes. Now, I'm looking forward to the Olympic trials. I was supposed to go. I'm not going because I don't think they could really do six feet distances. Tokyo, I don't know how they're going to do it because I'm looking at over 200 countries, 343 yeah. venues. Where are the trials held this year? Or- in Oregon. Oregon, okay. Yeah, and, now, now, and I don't see how they can do six feet distances. I don't see how they can do it.
0: Nah, nah. Well, they're not doing six feet distancing in football and baseball and basketball and all that. They, they're just doing Well, the they have
1: they a bubble. They have a okay. bubble, but in track and field is different. Because track and field, it's about it's two weeks. Yeah. So you're gonna have to obviously make sure that they're COVID free. Because my whole point with Tokyo Olympics is that if a kid, if somebody goes to games and they win their heats, right, in track and field, they yeah. run the semis and they turn out positive, that means they got to quarantine for 14 days. They will not be allowed to run the finals. Right. And that's my only argument is that somebody may turn up positive and not be able to end their event. Yeah, that makes sense.
0: Now, where did you go in your mind when, when you didn't feel like doing something? Like, Did you always feel like training or did you have some bad days? And where did you go in your mind to reach for that extra like motivation or fuel or something?
1: <laughs> no, I always, you know what? It's funny because my coach, I would go to practice sometimes I knew Mondays was five, three, two, five laps, three laps, two laps. Tuesdays was sprint. Wednesdays was 300 all out. You know, Thursdays was um, sprints. Fridays was active rest days. You know, there were times I would go to practice and I was like, oh, I can't do this. But my coach always said, potential is interesting. Performance is everything. So he would always sit me down prior to any workout, it's like I would be training, and he would be like, describe the color blue. So there's never unprepared questions, only unprepared answers. Describe the color blue. And I'm like, describe the color blue? Oh, describe it right now. Extemporaneously, you got to describe it. So he would train us mentally and physically, and I always had to read like 10 newspapers. So when I went internationally, I had to know what fork to use, what knife to use. You know, he taught me several languages basic ones in that country and uh, my coach was my inspiration was my motivator in order to make me be who I was the athlete that I became. I love it. What how do
0: you describe the color blue?
1: Light blue, sky blue.
0: Oh the different shades. Okay. Okay.
1: <laughs> I did I did light blue, sky blue, aqua blue. I would always describe, I would always describe it as different, um yeah. That's what I would do. Oh, he, he would say, what's going on in Pakistan? What's going on in this country? And I would have to know, apparently, from reading the newspaper, Rhodesia was changed to this name and that name. So he, he would always make me feel that I had to um, be very apt to when it came to current events mm-hmm. and when it came to any questions that he asked me. Because he was like, listen, when you go up to give a speech, it has to be extemporaneous. There's no memory. You can't memorize anything. Right. You need to know what you have to say. And that's right. what helped me out to be, you know, a top athlete. Now, how did
0: you how did you start getting into the business world? You said you wrote a blog or something, and then you made a million dollars. Like what, what did that entail?
1: <laughs> I made a million dollars. Well, one of my fiancés um, introduced me to the Forex Oh, hold, 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 hold
0: on a second. How many fiancés do you have? Eight. at eight. Oh, you had eight, but not all eight. at once, right? No,
1: I had eight. (laughs) So, my um, I guess my sixth fiance introduced me and my son to Forex, the foreign exchange market, back in 2008, which they're doing now. And he introduced me and my son, who was 10 at the time, to the foreign exchange market. And it was called um, Tidbits, you know, it was called um, you know, the red, it was red or green or whatever. And we had to sit there. He gave me like a dummy money industry to invest in Actually, I got into the real market, but that was in eight, and people just started getting into Forex, the 4-O-R-E-X, yep. exchange market. Yep. But I learned very early, I lost a lot of money, but then, you know, I gained it back. You know, I'm okay. I'm doing investments now with my child and we're doing okay.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. I'd love to hear the story, but I, I just got started getting into Bitcoin a little while ago and- uh. Not, not, it's just like betting football games really when it comes down to it. Cause it's not like, you don't know what's going to happen. You know what I mean? So no, you don't. All right. So guys, uh, what, what's the best way to, uh, like for my audience to engage with you further? Is it Instagram or where, where can they find you?
1: Well, I have my website called, um, Diane Dixon, 400 plus.com. You can email me at dd at Diane Dixon, 400 plus.com on Instagram. I'm Diane Dixon. I'm not anything else on twitter i'm diane dixon on facebook i'm diane dixon so you can always dm me any information any collaborations but i use my name always nothing that's like clubhouse i'm actually diane dixon i think it's 555 not sure but that's how i met you on clubhouse and thank you so much but i'm basically diane dixon
0: yeah yeah guys go find her on clubhouse too because she'll tell you how to become a champion and she she is uh, all around the right rooms too. From what I see, uh, she might have an opinion on that, but I'll leave that there.
1: Uh, <laughs> I'm and, okay. Uh, and if I you mean, have a room really- rooms are like, uh, I guess so, yeah. You know, it's so funny. I go on Clubhouse and I hear the same people telling the same stories, yeah. and I'm like,
0: okay, yeah, it wears off. sometimes, okay. right? Yeah, it wears off. Yeah, all it's sometimes. okay. Well, look, if you have a really fast child and you want to get some advice on how to get them into track and field or something, man, just reach out to Miss Diane Dixon. And finally, the last question. I came up with this rocket fuel law, right? It's because I went through my life and I kept figuring out, like, somehow I kept rising no matter what happened to me, no matter what came my way. I figured it out, right? But I really was what it was is I was taking everything that would come and stop most people or slow them down, and I was converting it into rocket fuel for my future. And I was blasting off through it. And then I felt like, well, if that's the case, I'm taking all that stuff out of the way. I can't be stopped unless I'm plucked from this planet, I can't be stopped. That's the rocket fuel concept. What does that mean to you in your life and what does it mean to your future, Miss Diane?
1: So rocket fuel means to be progressive and proactive. It means to go after your goals and objectives. It means to um, buy your book to read it to understand what's going on. And it also means to never give up, to be present, to be perseverance, and to be always following up. You know, I tell my track team with my girls that, They have to be persistent. They have to know when they have to always go after goal settings. They can never give up. So it would mean never giving up, you know what I'm saying? And always going after your goals, objectives, being persistent and following up, showing up. You know, like I said, potential is interesting. Performance is everything. Love it. Love it. Let's go. We'll end on that one. That's awesome.
0: Well, actually, I want to end on something else. She also said, don't be fake, be yourself, and don't be pretentious. If you're doing any of those things, cut it out right now. Right, Ms. Diane? Exactly. All right. Yeah. Thank be you so your, much. Be your
1: authentic self.
0: Thank you so much for coming on. It's an honor to have you Thank as you. the champion you are on my show. And uh, I'm, I'm really honored. Thank you very much.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much. Take care. Stay safe and blessed.
0: Thank you. You guys have been listening to the What Are You Made Of podcast with your boy, Mike Rock and the wonderful Ms. Diane Dixon. Come back next time, guys. Go subscribe to the podcast. Watch it on YouTube at Mike C. And until next time, be unstoppable. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of What Are You Made Of? Be sure to check my website out at dot com, themikesirock no and let us know how we can help you or your business reach its full potential. Feel free to leave a review or follow me on social media, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube at MikeCRockChirocco.com. Again, thank you for joining me and see you guys on the next episode. I want to remind you that the Rocket Fuel book is available at my website, mikecrock.com forward slash book. That's mikecrock.com forward slash book. Go get yourself a copy. Thank you so much for your support and your listenership.
1: It means the world to me.